Oh, we're already live on uh, uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com and on YouTube. We're just waiting to go live on uh, Facebook Live. And then, uh, and then I'll be with you. So um, uh, I was going to tell you, go out and make a sandwich or something. You don't go out and make a sandwich now. You know what? You can. You can carry your phone around and watch this. You can take it right over to your uh, sandwich-making area. Hi, everybody. I am, uh, if you have a sandwich-making area, I am Tony Vizic, and uh, I'm getting uh, situated here. Uh, you are watching uh, Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Uh, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which it is right on the nosy right now. We are your daily distraction diversion uh, from all the anxiety, hoopla, and weirdness in the world today. This is where we all uh, uh, take a little break and uh, think about other things and the things we have to think about. And man, uh, once again today, do I need a break. Um, I am, uh, hello, Diane Howell. Uh, hello, Tina and Mike. Hello, uh, new to the show, uh, Stacey Leah Becker uh, is watching. Um, um, I was on the phone for the last two hours with the Social Security Administration because I have to sign up for Medicare. Not a terrible thing, okay? And uh, uh, it's supposed to be a simple process. Takes about 10 minutes but not for me because uh, I uh, they ask you a series of questions to make sure that you're you. you know, did you ever have a mortgage with? And some of these are from like 40 years ago. And I'm going, no, I don't think I ever had a mortgage with Uncle Joe's mortgage. And they go, oh, you answered wrong and you get locked out. So uh, <laughs> I answered the security questions wrong. There was one where they asked me if any of these phone numbers yours. And after I put no, I went, oh, yes, that was my phone number in the 80s. Ah. How do they know my phone number from the 80s? How do we get away with anything at all? Well, they know more about us than we do if we're trying to get away with anything. Uh, Tina and Mike, no sandwich, have an ice cream cone. Hello, ice cream cone. That sounds mighty tasty. Um, anyway, now I've got a phone appointment with them Monday, and, and I'll do it on the phone the right way. So um, that, was, uh, that, that was my whole morning. Not my whole morning, okay, but my where I'm supposed to be at the decks. Doing stuff, doing stuff. I was, I spent two hours promoting whatever it is I promote. My brother Jerry's uh, watching right now. Uh, he has a, uh, uh, he's an excellent artist and a great art teacher. Um, I don't know if either, either one of those is above the other excellent or great. I just wanted to use two different modifiers so I wasn't repeating myself. Um, and uh, uh, he has a uh, page <coughs> in California uh, for his stuff and he allows me to, post things about shows and upcoming events I have there, and someone reported it. <laughs> it got taken down. So uh, uh, I don't know why it got, why it got reported. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's always some loony stuff going on in the wonderful world of social media. So uh, it is uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, we're making it through another week. Um I used to have the news on the way I used to have MTV on when I was a kid. Not a kid, but in my 20s. When I was a kid, it was just FM radio. We watched FM radio. We li we, well, sometimes I got really high and watched FM radio. But I uh, listened to FM radio all the time. Uh, not a lot of television. And then uh, MTV came along and captured the imagination of young America. And uh, that became like your background. That was just on all the time. On all the time. I'm just, you know, while you were doing stuff around your house. MTV, MTV. Um, I actually knew one of the original MTV VJs. 
one of the original MTV VJs, uh, is a friend of mine, or was a friend of mine, I haven't talked to her in decades, uh, Nina Blackwood, who is one of the original MTV VJs. It is now on uh, like a, a VH1 uh, a classic station on Sirius XM. But um, I was in classes with her at the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute in West Hollywood back in uh, the very early 80s. Uh, we did a lot of uh, scene work together in class. I was great friends with a boyfriend who was a musician. And I remember one point her telling me I'm going to New York for some audition. And we never saw her again. And then a few months later, um, I was uh, hanging out with some people on 3rd Street in Los Angeles. Had an apartment on 3rd Street. And a bunch of British guys hung out there who hung out at a place where I attended bar. And I came, came there one night. And I go, what are you guys doing? And he go, oh, Tony, we're watching this thing called Music Television. They make little story video, little movies to go along with the song. And that was it. I kind of sat down and went, wow. And I remember watching, um, um, uh, who were they? Men, uh, he went a man from down under. Uh, men at work. Men at work. Watching Men at Work and uh, The Pretenders and Greg Kinban and just totally captivated. And all of a sudden, there's one of the VJs going, hi, I'm Nina Blackwood. And I went, wow, that's Nina. She got the gig. And she became uh, a part of American history. Anyway, just a little sidetrack there, a little name drop, a little name drop. Oh, um, anyway, uh, I used to have that in the background. I used to have the news on in the background, but I'm not watching the news a lot anymore. I read the news in the morning. I read the news at night. You know, uh, I read several different news sites, including the ones that Google creates for you. Uh, but it's just too much. They have on 24. I don't know if we were supposed to have the news on 24 hours a day, seven days a week anymore. I don't know what that does to the brain. You need information you can act on. Uh, but when you realize they're oftentimes just repeating the same information hour after hour. There's some interesting news that kind of is close to home. I will share with you. Um, I live in Pinal County. I live next to, even though most of the business I've ever done in Arizona has been in Maricopa County, I ended up with a house in Pinal County. I love the house. I love the area. I love the people. I love the town. Uh, but we have a sheriff, Mark Lamb, who is one of those guys who wears a cowboy hat all the time. Nothing wrong with wearing a cowboy hat. I've got a few cowboy hats. Randy's uh, favorite VJ was Martha Quinn. Yeah, Martha was one of the original ones. It would make sense, Randy, that you would like her. She's, um, it would just make sense. You know, she was cute. She was cute. Um, if he's going to ask me, no, I never dated Nina Blackwood. No, no. I was friends with her and her boyfriend. We were doing scenes together and uh, she was just my pal. She was a cool pal to have. Um, um, anyway, we have a sheriff out here and he's one of those guys who's always on TV, live PD and all this. And, uh, one of those, a conservative guy, if you're conservative, nothing wrong with being conservative. But uh, one of those guys that when Doug Ducey came out with uh, restrictions for this state a couple of months back to help us mitigate, mitigate the um, coronavirus, he was one of those who loftily declared that he would not enforce them because they were unconstitutional. Now, I assume that not only is he a sheriff, that he's a constitutional scholar, that he's able to divine the Constitution quite on his own and render an opinion uh, when most of the time, if there's a constitutional question, it has to go through a series of court cases all the way to the Supreme Court. But our good Sheriff Mark Lamb had decided on his own that Doug Ducey's um, stay-at-home orders were unconstitutional and he would not enforce them. 
Okay, in a sense, going, I refuse to uh, uh, comply with a lawful order from the governor. Not a big fan of the governor either, but that's neither here nor there. I don't hate the guy. But uh, oddly enough, as fate would have it, Mark Lamb, Pinal County Sheriff, has come down with coronavirus. Now, I don't wish coronavirus on anyone. Not of my worst. I don't wish diseases on people. I hope you get a disease. I'm not. I don't. And I don't wish this on anyone. But it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a little ironic that a man who would not enforce something that would help mitigate the disease ends up with the disease. His name's Mark Lamb. And like I said at the beginning, he was roaring like a lion. In like a lion. Out like a lamb. So um, other news, man. Uh, here's a kind of weird thing that um, even though we've got a conservative Supreme Court, for the most part, they keep handing down what are reasonable decisions. Okay, they ruled that uh, Donald Trump cannot just rescind the uh, DACA program, the Dreamers program, which means that some kid who was born, brought here when they were six months old, okay, by their parents and had no idea and has spent their entire life here can't be deported at 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. They can't be deported just because they were not, uh, uh, they did not come out of their mother's womb uh, on this side of the Rio Grande. And they also ruled that... um, uh, discrimination laws apply to transgender people based on sex. And, of course, this has sent uh, right-wing world into a tizzy because they want to send people who were born here when they were like three months, who were uh, brought here when they were three months or six months old, no matter doctors, lawyers, dentists, EMTs, paramedics, members of the military, firefighters, you know, and I imagine a couple of hobos as well. They just want to send them all back. Send them all back, send them all back. You know, you know, there's a fine line between going, all right, there's things we have to do pragmatically and make tough decisions and having no empathy for anyone except for yourself. You know, sometimes somebody who's overly empathic can be uh, a little bit of a pain in the butt personally. Okay, but I'll take someone who's overly empathic over a lot of what we're seeing now. So two big Supreme Court rulings. One saying that transgender people are protected against discrimination. And another one saying that uh, uh, dreamers cannot be uh, deported. Now, the Supreme Court said, listen, your basis was wrong. You're going to have to go back and revisit the whole thing. But that'll be months and years as they try to work through that. So um, those are two good things. And a a, a sad thing, um, even though I'm not a fan of the guy or his politics, the sheriff of Pinal County, now it's coronavirus. It can get anybody, anytime anywhere and i don't know how wearing a mask became political and i'm just going to say this to you guys okay i mean if wearing a mask is emasculating to you you're already emasculated if wearing a mask you feel like it's taking away your freedom try laying ass in the air with a tube shoved down your throat in a in an induced coma for taking away your freedom Okay, like try laying in your bed for a week. You know, anybody could get it. I could get it. You could get it. As many precautions as we take, you could get it. But darn it, there's just some things we can do that can lessen that impact, lessen that blow. Okay, and uh, uh, keep us all safe as they work on testing, tracing, treatment, vaccine. All right. That's all I'm going to say about all that stuff today. Hey, uh, any of you who have uh, uh, ever watched uh, uh, this show before or listened to the show before, no, it's, uh, it's on three platforms. It's on Facebook Live. 
It's on YouTube where uh, I get a lot of um, uh, girls who go, hey, you want to see my sexy photos? That's the main comments I get on YouTube. Hey, I've got sexy photos. <laughs> and, of course, at Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. So we've got three platforms run, and the show is based on three things. It is based on interaction with you, okay, as you uh, uh, pop on and uh, leave questions or comments. If you so decide, I will uh, respond to them. Uh, also on uh, YouTube or on the uh, Comedy Schools Radio. Uh, it's based on that. It's based on me showing you some knickknack or memorabilia or autograph that I've got laying around here in the home office. The concept being let's make everything old and new again because there's less for us to do than there used to be. There's no NBA. There's no Major League Baseball. There's no football. There's no the most thing. And it's now up in the air how many of those things will begin again in 2020. You know, and I hope they can find a way to it's safe for anybody who goes and watches in person or any of the players. Because I don't care if you owe somebody a million dollars or if you make a hundred million a year. I don't wish this disease on you. Nor do I wish that you'd be forced in a situation where uh, you stand a good chance of getting it. But so we got to find new things. So what I've been doing is I've been going through all this stuff that used to mean something to me that's got thrown by the wayside, totally forgotten about. Okay, and going, oh, wow. Wow, this did mean something to me at one time. So we're going to go into that right now. And uh, what I got for you today is a T-shirt. Look at this. Remember this? Yeah. That's who that is. 45th President of the United States, Barack Obama. Mr. Barack Obama, who in my estimation was uh, one of the great presidents. Uh, he he uh, put up so many forces against him. Um. He handled everything with aplomb and dignity and grace and charm. And as far as I'm concerned, the Affordable Care Act has been a lifesaver for me and many people I know. Okay, so it was the, um, it's not quite the last piece in Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal or Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, okay, which is making the American dream accessible for everyone and everyone is able to stay uh, healthy enough to be able to uh, attempt to access it because that's what, uh, the New Deal and the Great Society were about, okay? And the last piece, of course, was health care. And people still fight it tooth and nail. This shirt, I'm going to show it to you one more time. All right, there you go. I got this shirt as a souvenir when I was at uh, Sun Devil Stadium, May 13th, 2009. May 13th, 2009. It was the ASU commencement. And uh, I did, did, I said 44th, didn't I, Kevin? What did I say? 43rd, 45th? I said, four, I thought I said 44th. I know who the guy is. Does that count? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, a business partner of, of mine and I, Brad Michelson, who's a wonderful guy, uh, somehow we got tickets to the ASU commencement. Uh, Alice Cooper sang, and Barack Obama spoke. And I got to tell you, I've seen. Um, uh, many a presidential candidate speak, uh, all the way from George McGovern, Hillary Clinton, and others. Uh, I've written some things that some have done. Uh, the man was a fantastic speaker, and it filled you with pride, and it filled you with dignity, and it filled you with hope, okay? And it filled you with inspiration to listen to the man speak. So there I was at ASU, uh, May 13, 2009, for the ASU commencement, when thousands of people could gather, as we will be able to do one day again. Do not despair. Um, man, I almost just yanked up. When I dropped my hand like that, I hit the wire for the headphones. Uh, 
And uh, it was quite a time. And I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went and saw a president speak. Uh, a few years later, Shirley and I went and saw Hillary Clinton speak down there. Um, let's see. Uh, Tina and Mike Lawson says, going from Obama to Trump is going from iPhone to two cans and a string. Yes. Uh, Kevin Brown says, ha that absolutely counts. When I said, do I know who the guy, <laughs> who the guy is? Uh, and uh, I miss having a man like him as president. I truly do. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I, I, you can't govern by tweet. You know, you can't use, uh, you, you know, Facebook. Let's face I mean, it's cool that I'm able to do this on Facebook or YouTube. Facebook was invented by a bunch of college guys to be able to hit on girls. Okay, I think it started out as some sort of hot or not thing. You know, and that, that people are, you know, going crazy, you know, using these things and angry and violent and that we have a president who spends all day tweeting, tweeting and tweeting and tweeting, you know, is just... Um, America's made mistakes before, okay? Um, at the beginning of uh, the republic, that we did not outlaw slavery across the board was a mistake. There would have been no republic if those who were opposed to slavery and were abolitionists and thought that it was an infirmia and a sin against God. And there were many people in the fledgling nation who thought that, but the thought was, all right, in order to get these guys into the union, we're going to have to let this pass in their states because people were much more attached to their states than they were to the country at the time. And we'll move forward. Was that a mistake? We can say in the macro, yes. We made a mistake. Mistakes were made that led to the Civil War. Mistakes were made that led back to Jim Crow in the late 1800s all the way through the 1950s and 1960s. Uh, maybe Vietnam was a mistake. Uh, the Iraq War may have been uh, uh, a mistake, but uh, God bless all the guys that I knew and the ones that I don't know who uh, went and fought there because whether uh, uh, the cause was um, real or made up by uh, much larger forces, they, um, they did their best and they did their job and they did it admirably. Uh, and uh, there's other mistakes we made. I believe that uh, electing this guy to office was a mistake. I think he thought it when he first got the job. Okay, so we've made mistakes and we always come back from them. All right. Hey, a couple things coming up. Let me tell you about these. You're going to love this. You on YouTube, you on Facebook, you on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com are going to love this. Uh, I got a show coming up for you Sunday. Hold on, let me see if this thing's sticking. No. I have a show coming up for you this Sunday. Uh, it says even Android users support that statement. <laughs> I've got a show coming up for you Sunday night on Zoom. I got a show on Zoom. You know, I kind of thought what's happening was going to happen. Uh, when, they, uh, when the shutdown happened, uh, I went, wow, this is going to be tough and strange, but we're going to get through it. And we redid our entire business online. And then people clamored for this state to open up. And I, I, I remember telling Shirley, I go, they're doing it too soon. They're doing it too fast, you know? Uh, and now we, uh, we have a, a, a tough situation here in Arizona. A tough situation here in Arizona. You are welcome, Mr. Kevin Brown. Um, I'm responding to a comment that my uh, good friend and very funny guy, very funny last Sunday on the Zoom show, Kevin Brown made, uh, and also a, uh, uh, a man I'm proud to know and a uh, United States Marine military veteran. Um, I knew we were going to open up a little fast, you know, and now we're seeing that. But I tell you what you can do 
whether nightclubs and restaurants are open or nightclubs and restaurants are closed, is you can catch one of our Zoom shows and you can be socially distant and safe and still have a real a good time. And I've got one for you this Sunday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It is the Dads of Comedy. It is our annual Father's Day celebration show. It features me. I'm going to do the show uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, Joe Gannon, and very cool, the father and son team of Greg and Alden Moody, a father and a son who both do stand-up comedy and both great guys. And they're going to be on the show as well. So if you are looking for a Father's Day present for your pop, or if you're looking for something to do that night, and if you go, damn it, I wish we could go out, and there's the same old stuffs on television, um, check out check out the Dads of Comedy. And tickets are easy to get. Go to ComedySchools.com. That's ComedySchools.com. And click the link, Get Tickets. And you get a ticket for only 10 bucks. When you buy that ticket, you know it. You're buying three things. You're buying an evening of entertainment. You are buying into our economy because we pay the comics out of the money that you uh, pay. And we donate money to uh, local food, uh, food banks here in our area. So you're feeding people, employing people, and having fun. Man, that's worth 10 bucks. I got that coming up also on the 23rd at 6 p.m. I have a free intro for my stand-up comedy workshops. Check it out. It's free. The uh, meeting ID and uh, password are right there on ComedySchools.com. Copy and paste them. Pop in this coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. and see what we're all about. The third thing this show's all about, ladies and gentlemen, the third thing, uh, let's see if I got this right. Good. Um, is uh, I recommend two artists or pieces of music from my vast vinyl collection. And it is vast. So the first thing I'm going to do I forget what movie Shirley and I were watching. And there was a song in the background. And I'm going, you don't know what that song is. And I, I, I do that sort of thing. It's kind of jerky, but I do it. Uh, and she goes, no, I don't know. I said, that is The Move. And she goes, The Move. I go, yeah. And the song's called Feel Too Good. What, what movie was that, Cheryl? Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about, right? Remember that? The move had uh, some pretty good people in it, and they were, um, uh, and one of them, of course, was, I believe one of them was Roy Wood, but one of them was Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn, and this is The Move. The Move had a, one big uh, uh, album, album-oriented hit, and it was Feel Too Good. In the late 60s, um, uh, uh, on like KC95 in St. Louis. So this is The Move. And I don't know if this is the best of album, um, but the big hit song, uh, Feel Too Good, was here. Also, Kilroy was here. Useless Information, Hello, Susie, The Girl Outside, Missed on Monday Morning, Cherry Blossom, Clement, and Looking On. None of which I remember. Okay, but I remember that song, and I picked this up. Um, I'm trying to look. Uh, That's right. Even now, three years after the group split up, the move shadow still lives on through its very offspring, the Electric Light Orchestra with, and Roy Wood's first solo effort. So, um, yeah, guys from the ELO, Jeff Lynn, went, uh, started out with the move. So way back before there was the Mammoth Band, Electric Light Orchestra, there was the move. And um, for some reason, and if you've been following this, I bought all these weird offbeat albums when I was a kid, I never bought, usually, I would buy sometimes the Monster album. <coughs> God bless you. Hello, sneeze there. No, I'm not sick. I am. 
I have, uh, you know what I got? I got, um, uh, I don't know what I got. I got I had a sneeze. <laughs> it was a live sneeze on the radio. I would always buy the offbeat album. This was an offbeat album. But if you want to uh, um, Google some early, uh, late 60s, and I don't know if they would be considered prog rock or blues rock or a combination of, but uh, the great British bands that kind of uh, took all of our music from the 40s and 50s and 60s and fed it back to us in a wonderful way. The Move was one of those bands. Uh, go to YouTube and pull up Feel Too Good by The Move and tell me what you think of the song. So I just want to show you, I, uh, I had that offbeat album. Now this album is not offbeat, but before there were mixtapes, there was a time when the only way that you heard music, there were only two ways, on the radio, and the radio decided when the song was going to be played, and you'd hang, if there was a song you loved, you would keep the radio on, just listen to see if they're going to play your favorite song again. Ooh, they're going to play it again. And the other way was to buy uh, albums that had the songs on them. Now you'd buy an artist album, and they had a big hit, and maybe the rest of the songs weren't that good. All right, so you end up with maybe 15 albums and a total of, uh, you know, 100 songs, but only 10 of them you like. You know, and you're like taking albums on and putting them off. And then the record company started doing compilations. Now here's one from way back when called Heavy Metal Volume 2. Heavy Metal Volume 2. Now, heavy metal became associated with a certain type of music, okay? A certain type of music, none of which is on this album because um, there was a type of music that was played that was hard and deeper uh, than a lot of other music, and it was either called hard rock and eventually started to become heavy metal. I think the first reference to heavy metal is in the song uh, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf, and I believe the lyric is uh, heavy metal thunder. Um, and the very first band to win a Grammy in the heavy metal category was Jethro Tull, which caused a huge uproar with young people who liked Megadeth and Metallica and those sort of bands. But here is what was on Superstars of the 70s, Volume 2. So when you got these albums, and I'd buy these albums, it was like getting a bunch of your favorite songs all on one album. You didn't have to get up and change it and keep turning it off, and you're going to have people over there with great party records. Side one, kick out the jams by the MC5. We'll talk about them more later because a lot of you don't know who they are. Black Sabbath, Iron Man, Iron Man. Jimi Hendrix, Freedom. James Gang, Must Be Love. Uh, and I believe that that was, um, uh, I believe that that was uh, uh, after, um, no, I don't think it was. Maybe it was. I was going to say that it was after, um, never mind. Uh, Deep Purple, Smoke on the Water. Then side two. T-Rex, Bang a Gong, Jay uh, Giles Band, Give It To Me, Dr. John, Right Please, Wrong Time, Led Zeppelin's Gyre Maker, Buffalo Springfield, Bluebird, Faces, Cindy Incidentally, Side 3, The Doors Touch Me, Allman Brothers Ramblin' Man, Delaney and Bonnie, Only You Know and I Know, I met Bonnie at one point, uh, how many people on here do I, have I actually... I've met and had big, long conversations with Ozzy Osbourne. I've met Alice Cooper. Uh, let me see here. Um, uh, I met uh, Led Zeppelin's road manager. Uh, I've met Rod Stewart. All right. Uh, I've never met anybody from the Doors, Yellman Brothers. I've met Bonnie from Delaney and Bonnie. Then uh, Van Morrison's Domino. I haven't met him. Eagles Outlaw Man. I've never met any Eagles. Or yes, Starship Trooper. Side four. Golden Earrings, Radar Love, 
Grateful Dead doing Johnny Be Good. A Chuck Berry, uh, Fog Hat, which we've talked about before, doing What a Shame. Uriah Heep doing Stealing. A uh, very cool band that's totally lost in the sands of time. War doing Lonely Feeling. And Blues Image doing Ride, Captain Ride. This was one of the most diverse rock, <coughs> best of albums I had ever encountered in my entire life. And it was called Heavy Metal. Nothing on there. It came out of Warner Brothers. Uh, tape Assembly, uh, special thanks to Warner Brothers Records, Electra Asylum, and Atlantic Records. So they all kind of came together and let Warner Brothers put this album out. I don't know if it was a big seller, but uh, uh, can you, <laughs> Tina, can you speak loud? <laughs> when I met him back in the 80s, um, it wasn't a bad, when I, I would tell you what I know about Ozzy Osbourne. The, uh, the few brief times I met him was in the same room with him. Uh, his eyes were always lit up. He would just watch whatever he was saying and just somebody say something, he just laughed like hell. <laughs> he was a guy who loved, he was like a big kid. He was like a big kid. And uh, I'm glad for all the success that he has had. Okay, those are our two albums. Um, I can't recommend Heavy Metal 2. I mean, I don't know if you put that in YouTube, if it would come up. But so many great songs from that era uh, of the uh, early 70s late 60s, early 70s on that album. But I can recommend The Move and Feel Too Good. So go to YouTube and check that out. Okay, I think that's it for the day. I want to thank you very much for listening and watching. I'm going to be back tomorrow with another action-packed, thrill-seeking half hour right here on Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Bye-bye. I speak tonight for the, I speak right. tonight for the, and, that was a fast half hour.